When life bumps up against you, you have the choice to pucker up and put on a sour face or mix it up with ingredients like resilience, persistence, and grace into the delectable concoction only you can serve. We are Greer McVeigh and Whitney Wiley, speakers, authors, and entrepreneurs. We're also sisters, and since we were children, we've made a habit of turning challenges into the lessons and launch paths of our lives. Each week, we'll discuss the recipes that will turn your biggest challenges into the building blocks of the successful and fulfilling life of your dreams. On occasion, we'll include experts and thought leaders who'll join the party and you're always invited to. Join us as we share the sweet highs and sour lows and every drop of life in between. Along with our guests, we help you shake and stir your own lemons into lemon drops. Welcome to the Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops podcast. Hi, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. I'm Whitney Wiley. Hi, Whitney. I'm Greer. And hi to all of you. How are you? Morning. I am good. How's it going? Uh, it's going. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that about what I say, you know, you, you, nine times out of ten? It's going. Usually. Well, that, and that part is true. So it is always going. I had to get some work done on my car. And like fun. Well, you know, and I and I think this might have this might've solved my problem. Well, buying a new car would solve my problem. But you know, you're buying a new house. So, but I'm buying a new house. So I can't first. buy a new car. And I'm the kind of person who would buy, I, I, I won't even say who would buy a new car, who has bought a new car because, uh, you know, it's like, oh my God, it needs new tires. I'm just getting a new car. <laughs> you know, oh my gosh, the you know, the, the, it needs another oil change. I'm going to get a new car. Um, you know, I've got new cars for, for no you know, reason, for no good reason. <laughs> um, and so I really could use a new car. That said, my car was, you know, it's making all this crazy noise. And the last time we went up to your house, which is what, about an hour away, uh, actually was on 4th of July. And when we were driving home, it was like my car was just like grinding. It was like doing some weird thing. And I ended up driving sort of like 50 miles an hour, 45 miles an hour on Highway 80. For people who are in the Bay Area, you know what this is, through Vacaville and Fairfield and all that, trying to go home. And it turns out that it was the axles. So I got new axles put in yesterday. And when the and when the guy took them out, the old ones, like one was in two pieces. It was like it cracked in half. And the other, like the boot that that holds it, the little rubber part that holds it together at the joint was completely like broken. And there was like so I'm gonna assume it. that that <laughs> this is something since you've been having some continuous work done on your car, this is something that can only be detected once it happens or someone has no. to go in they couldn't have found this during no some i other knew maintenance they, issues 
they told me to keep an eye on the CV boot, which is, I guess, one of them, the rubber part that is at the joint. They're like, you know, we're going to keep an eye on it. It's leaking. Okay. So it hadn't cracked or broken open or whatever was leaking. So it was like, okay, so we knew sort of in the back, you know. Also, I will say, and let me let me let me put this out there. You know, when you well, when I I assume most cars, but when I go in for a major service, part of what they do at these major services is that they will replace parts before the part needs to, before it's gone okay because they know the life of the part right yeah. they know okay this is supposed to last ninety thousand miles or 120,000 right. miles or whatever so I, and so of course when i go in for my services i'm like uh, is it broke <laughs> you know they're like we're gonna fix we're gonna replace this this axle and, I, and it's like okay how much is that a thousand dollars well is it broken well, no, not yet, but you know, it's 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 getting old. I tell you what, we're gonna wait until it's broken. <laughs> so this is sort of the chickens coming home to roost. I say that to say, <laughs> you know, I'm lucky I've not had any problems with my car and I haven't replaced all those kind of major things. So while over the last, what has it been? Like three or four months, literally as I'm trying to like buy a house, I'm trying to like save money and all that. I've put more, I've put probably, I don't know, $5,000 into my car because I can't buy a new car because I'm buying a house. It's one of those vicious cycle things. So anyway, I think this is the last thing. I think my car should be fine for now for a while. There's nothing else on the list of things that they told me I should be looking out for. But the lesson, right? Well, the, the, the lemon drop, <laughs> if you will, is that you know, yeah, these are bad things. And why is my car keep giving me this trouble? But, you know, now it's fine and smooth sailing. Now you bought a new car. I basically bought a new car. I don't need a new car, right? My car is otherwise looks good. It's in good shape. No dents, no dings, no none of that. So it's like, oh, I'll just go wash it and wax it. And then it'll feel like a new car. Um, but the lesson in it really has a little to do with procrastination, right? And putting off till tomorrow yes what you could do today yeah and and it's like and it will come back i mean things are not you know it's just are like you going to deal with it now you're going to deal with it later right and if you deal with it now you might be able to deal with it deal with it a little bit more conveniently but if you deal with it later well one it could have been all bad when you drove home that day right when it became apparent that yeah something needed the thing to be done. cracked in half right i, I mean it, it could have been all bad it, it fortunately it turned out well you know you didn't have any accidents you didn't your car didn't you know stop in the middle of the freeway with some 18 wheeler bearing down behind you or you know so yes which had happened about a month <clears throat> ago when the alternator went out and your car stopped in the middle of the car stopped in the middle of the freeway in the fast lane and I so, posted, yes know. yes and so we're going to be talking today um about planning procrastination and progress and so this concept of procrastination in particular and I think I need this this show lemon drops more than our <laughs> listeners <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. It's like all these topics seem to be like right up my alley. They revolve around your life. There's a reason for that. You're not alone, but that's the good part, right? You're yeah. not alone. Yeah. And um, as we're Which is talking, how we get our topics. What are uh, things that people deal with? The, 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 absolutely. There are the things of life. And so it doesn't have to be that you're procrastinating auto maintenance preventative auto maintenance. It doesn't have to be that you are procrastinating something in particular, right? We're, we're not talking about this as it relates to one specific example of procrastination. It is an issue and something that is actually avoidable, one. And two, if you are prone to doing it, how you can minimize it. So I want to ask you this question, Greer. Do you consider yourself, when you look at yourself in a totality, do you consider yourself a procrastinator? Yes and no. So okay. the short answer, <laughs> the short answer would be yes. But I know enough about procrastination to know that the procrastination really isn't the issue. Right? It is, that's, right. not, that's not really the thing. It manifests, the, the thing manifests itself. Right. Hey, right. The, the procrastination is a tool. It's a device, right? right. That, that one uses to cope. It's a coping mechanism. <laughs> it's a coping me- mechanism. It, it is a coping mechanism. And yes, I do procrastinate. Okay, so I'm asking you, do you consider yourself a procrastinator rather than do you procrastinate? Do you take that on as a label? Is that something you no. say, well, I'm a procrastinator. I am, you know, no, no I procrastinate. Okay. I'm not a procrastinator. Okay, I, and I think that's important. I think it's a really important place to start. So, you know, just to make sure we're all on the same page about this. Um, procrastination is the act of unnecessarily postponing decisions or actions unnecessarily. So there may be times when it's necessary to postpone decisions. Yeah, like you don't have a thousand dollars to pay for new actions in your car. But that goes to planning, right? And planning is the process of making plans for something. You know you're going to have, and in this example, you know you're going to have an issue with your CV boot or axle or whatever, because your mechanic has told you so. And in the process of dealing with this, planning for such an eventuality is important. And then progress, of course, is forward or onward motion towards the destination, which would be um, you know, getting a car in, in this example, getting a car that works. So I want to ask you a question about, and you said, you acknowledge that procrastination is a tool or strategy, right? That it's really about something else. And I'm wondering if, and you started this with, you want a new car, you would like to buy a new car. And if part of the procrastination and sort of letting things get to a point where you have no choice but to do blah is because in reality, right, in this scenario, in reality, you want a new car. 
subconsciously I want a new car. So I'm going to put myself in a position where I have no choice but to get a new car. Yes. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. That's what I'm asking. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm asking you to contemplate that. I don't, you know, I don't think that that's what it is because I know that I can't, well, one, because I don't feel that I need to, you know, have my car, you know, hobbling on two wheels to the car dealership in order to get a new car. But maybe you do in the middle of buying a house. But I'm saying I I can wait. I don't feel like I I don't want a new car so bad that I got to get it before my house is done. Okay. Okay. But I don't, I don't feel like subconsciously. Okay. That's, no, I, in, in this case, it's because I don't want to spend the money. I don't want to put any more money into my current car because eventually I'm going to get a new car and the money that I'm putting into my current car, I want to put toward my house. Okay. And so you, so it's a you go maybe back it's a difference to... between procrastinating and stalling. So you would actually say this is not procrastination because it's not unnecessarily postponing. And therefore, because you have plans for something else to do with this money, then it's, it's not procrastination. So that's what I'm hearing from you. Okay. Okay. And that's fine. I'm, I'm not trying to argue you into being a procrastinator or calling this or saying that you're sabotaging yourself in order to get a new car. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just in this instance, but I could, I could, I could rattle off 15 other things that I didn't do this past week. I'm just asking the the questions because all of us, first of all, all of us have times when we are procrastinating. Some people own that label as a procrastinator. And what I would want to suggest if that is you, the first place to start is to remove that label. Because if you own that as an identity, you are going to constantly be making sure that identity is true. That's the way our brains work, right? Yeah. The neuroplasticity and live up all kinds of things too. that I don't know anything about psychology, blah, blah, blah. Um, but th- that's what our brain does. It, you tell it something and it works to prove that you are correct about that, right? Yeah. You don't want to be wrong. We don't want to be bad people. So our and brain- And you live up to it. Or you, and live, you down will live to up it, to it, or, or live down to it. Yes. Live down to what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You can live up to what you tell yourself, or you can live down to it. So, um, procrastinate. Being a procrastinator would be one of those things. So, I would say shed that label, and then start with figuring out why you are procrastinating, um, and some of the things that you can do would be to understand, you know, we've talked about this before, right? Having a why, being really clear on your why. And so right now you are focused on a goal, right? And that goal is to purchase a house. It means putting aside money for the down payment, your closing costs, the new furniture that goes in there, all the things that you want, right? So you're making, setting yourself up for success for that. Um, But at the same time, 
you may be pulling attention to the things that um, you are not doing and it's sort of coming home to roost, so to speak, right? The things that we focus on are the are, are the things that we pull to us. And while you are working on your house, the, the car issues are also ever present in your mind, if okay. that makes sense, right? So just from, the, you know, the way that the way manifestation and attraction works, the things that we focus on sort of come to us. And so that, that aspect of continuing issues with the car. So that's not really a procrastination issue. That's a, another issue for another episode. <laughs> that's another issue for another episode, but it is creating a, a sort of a cycle for you where you're focused on the issues of your car, your car keeps having issues. You have to put those issues off because you are focused really on something else and, and making progress, in fact, on something else. And um, that, that is a result of your planning. So um, the things that I think are important when we, when we think about, and I wanna focus sort of from here on procrastination itself and how we can help the audience if this is an issue in life is to understand what one gets out of procrastination. And so um, I procrastinate. I have moments where, and, and what I have discovered in my behavior around procrastination is that it tends to be when I need to take a break. And one of the things that's happened over the course of the last three years is that I work for myself. I really love what I do. Um, and sometimes I do it more than I should. I, if, if I could use that language, which I try not to do. Um, and so... I find myself doing lots of, I've got lots of projects, uh, collaborations with people, speaking opportunities, writing, and I find myself occasionally just needing a moment to do nothing. And because I am saying yes to things that I really enjoy, sometimes I have a tendency to take on too much, right? And then I haven't created a space where I can actually take some downtime. And I am pretty good about planning my days and my weeks and my months so that there is downtime, but I can get on a roll. And I think people do this a lot, right? You get on a roll, you just, I'm just enjoying what I'm doing. And I look up and I've done this recently. I looked up and it's like, you know what? You really haven't taken any time off. I haven't taken any time off since Christmas. We're seven months into the year. And one of the big things about <laughs> my plan, my vision was that I would frequently just have time where I wouldn't be doing anything. 
but the nature of some of the projects have taken off haven't in the in the frequency with which they've come in hasn't really allowed that or I haven't allowed and they're that. overlapping and some of yes. them yes. and, and so like I'm like moving yeah. from one thing to the next thing without stop with what I didn't do this year which I normally do is just block out time yeah right and I for whatever reason at the Get beginning map, of the year a, a calendar block I, out and, time yes. and you don't put anything so there, there will be nothing in there but the other thing that has to happen if there's nothing in there it's one thing to not have events in there it's another thing to not block off the extra time right in the planning not to block off the extra time so that I don't need to do any prep work in there right so to remember yeah. that so, oh when so when your two when your week is up you're like I got to go back to work but then it's like oh shoot when I on Monday when I go back there, I have to I, I'm speaking for that which means you got to take the last two or three days off of your week exactly to, to be ready yeah exactly and so I sort of haven't so whenever you take one week that means you have to take two basically basically Okay. Or to make yes, or to make sure that after that week that there is a buffer for some time to just do prep work or something, right? Or it has to get done to remember to make sure it gets done before the time that's taken off. And so that's why it's planning, procrastination, and progress. But what I have done with the procrastination is I'm putting things off so that I can give myself the benefit of downtime, right? That's that's sort of how I procrastinate because okay. I'm not- That's doing, how it manifests itself. That, that's it's how, how it manifests it, for okay. me. Yes, okay. a lot of people, um, you know, I was doing some research on this and that some of the examples are like, you go to sit down at your desk uh, to get some work done and you look around and you're like, oh, I, I can't get started until I clean my desk. That's, right? that's I can't I, I can't do this until I do that. That's not the kind of procrastination I tend to do. My procrastination, I'll just go and one, I'll take a nap. Um, <laughs> it's hot right now. So in the middle of the day, I'll go jump in the pool. And that's right? easy. So I'm uh -huh. doing things to give myself some space and some downtime. But in reality, if I if I went back to doing my planning the way I normally do, which is time blocking. And I, I would plan that time in so that all of those things get done. So the, the point is you have to look at why you're doing it and how it actually manifests in your life, right? And so some of the things you can do is to not overcommit. That's, that's a big way to not procrastinate because when you overcommit, you start to feel overwhelmed. When you're overwhelmed, all you can see is the forest, right? You can't see the individual components, the trees, you, and, and so it makes it difficult. Yeah. So you end up with paralysis because it's like, there's so much, I, I can't do anything. Um, another is to be really clear about why you're doing what you're doing. And when you can do that, then it helps you to stay focused on, okay, so this is so important. 
this is why I'm doing it. Now I can focus on the individual pieces that I need to do as a part of that. Can we wait? Let's 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 pause. Let's let's pause because I want to talk a little bit more about why what is going on when we procrastinate. So we can talk about ways to stop procrastinating, but let's talk a little bit more about why we might be procrastinating. Okay. So let's take let's a quick break and yep. then let's come back and talk about that. Okay. All right, we're back. Thank you for um, staying with us as we're talking about procrastination. Um, before our break, Whitney was going over some um, strategies for overcoming the 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 urge or the 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 practice of procrastinating because we've we've established that we are not procrastinators, right? We're getting rid of we're getting that yes. that mindset out of our lives. Yes, right? yes. We're, we're we're not procrastinators, and and part of the reason that we would get rid of that mindset is because it's a negative. Right. Correct. It, it and it implies that being a procrastinator is bad, is wrong. This is not about. This is not a value judgment. This is not like, you know. And, and I, I'm always late, and I, I, I do. I, I apparently have a reputation for being late. I don't know why. Um, because you're always late. <laughs> And, you, and you've adopted that as an identity. And I've probably adopted that as an identity. And part of the reason that I'm always late is because I'm always doing too much, sort of like you with the procrastination. It's like I'm always, I, I overcommit. And I've got 17 things to do or seven things to do on my way to doing this other thing. And then, you know, and I always miss judge the amount of time it's going to take to do each of them. And then I, as a result. Yes, and, and that's a and people, part of procrastination people, is that optimism about time. Yes. And people think that it's like, you know, that I'm intentionally being disrespectful of their time and all that. And that really is not it. It's like, I really want to do this thing, but I want to get back to the sort of what procrastination is. And, um, and, and I, and I alluded to this earlier, but it really is a, uh, my understanding of sort of the, the technical part of procrastination or the psychological part of procrastinating is it is a protective strategy for coping with conflicting motivations in a nutshell. And it's sort of on the one hand, you want to succeed. On the other hand, you don't want to fail at whatever the thing, whatever it is, right? You, you, you want to succeed. You don't want to fail. And in our minds, we want to believe that we are really, really good at what we do. We're really smart. We're really, you know, whatever. So, and if you use, you know, in an example, um, and I, and I actually listened to a really good Ted talk on this. I think I will provide a, a link. I don't know. Can we do that? We can, we have, oh. <laughs> we can, and we will. Can we, can we put a, a, a Ted talk out there? Yes. Um, but the, one of the examples that was, that was given is, you know, you've got a, you're in school, right? And most of us, well, all of us have been in school at one point, whether you went on to college or, you know, whatever is another story, but you've got a paper due 
and the paper is due in a couple of days. And here you are um, on, let's say the paper is due on Wednesday, it's Monday. And you sit down, just like you just described, Whitney, you sit down and you're like, I got to write this paper. And then you're like, you know, but well, first let me check my emails. Right. Or let me clean off my desk or let me return this phone call or whatever the thing is. And put a load you know, of laundry in. Let me put a load of laundry in. And then it's like, well, I can't really concentrate because I'm, you know, I'm gonna have to go put the load of laundry in the dryer. And, you know, and oh my God, and then you're like, well, I'm really tired and I can't, I can't really focus. I'm not fresh. Let me do it in the morning. And, you know, and we, and we go through this process. Right. We believe ourselves to be smart and capable and we want to succeed at writing the best paper we've ever written. Right. Right. Um, so that's one motivation, right? So we've got conflicting motivations. One motivation is to succeed, to write the best paper we've ever written. The other side of that is what if it's not the best paper? What if I get an F? What if I, you know, whatever those things are. And somewhere in the middle there is you in your head battling and which one wins out? right? Which one, which one ultimately is, is the one that's going to drive you and you will put off doing the thing because you don't want to fail. Your, your desire to not fail exceeds your desire to succeed. Yes. We are created to self-protect. So we're self-protecting. Exactly. So until you get to a point well, you have no choice, right? Because you've procrastinated and procrastinated because yes. you didn't want to fail. So long, you, yes. You find yourself at a point where, you know what, I don't have any choice. And your desire to get it done, even if it's not the perfect thing, now outweighs your desire to fail, right? To not fail, Yes. Yes. To not do anything, right? You're definitely going to get an F or whatever in that example. If you don't do it, right. Okay. Then yes. it's like, okay, you'll do it. And, you know, and I'll, I'll accept a lesser grade because I just got to get it done. Yes. And then the, the flip side is if you get it done and you get a decent grade, it reinforces it reinforces that you are good, that you are smart, that you did do it. And that you can do it at the last minute, which is in the back of your head. do it at the last minute, exactly. Which is exact, yes. And so there, there is always a benefit that is gained from every, for every action that we take, there is a benefit for it. Even if the action we take ultimately is self-defeating, yeah. Right. Even if that is what it ultimately is, there is a benefit to it. And that's why it's important to really look at what you do, why you do it and how it manifests. Right. And if you start to see a pattern, right, th there's a problem. And you made this point earlier, which I think is is super important to to reiterate, which is procrastination occasionally, or if we, we don't use the word procrastination, but postponing decisions or postponing actions intentionally, right? Where, where you're conscious that you're doing it 
whether it's necessary or unnecessary, to do that occasionally is not a problem. When it creates issues for you, where you're under stress constantly, where it's making you ill, where it's making you irritable with other people, where, where you, you hate are... school, as an example, right? Yeah. Or you hate work because yes. you always have these projects and you're always under the gun and you're always behind exactly. and whatever. And you get to a point where it creates toxins within your body yes yes your, your mind body and soul right and when it's it like, is I having a negative it. impact on you negative yes. effect it, when it's not serving you yes right it when it really Preach. is not serving you, <laughs> when it really is not serving you then it's a problem and it's something that needs to be addressed but you know and, and you're absolutely right Figure, you've got to figure out what it is you're getting out of it. And so in my example, I said what I was getting out of it was some self-care, was some downtime, some free time. So I'm putting off something that I know needs to be done, you know, in, and getting this. So what I need to do, go back to doing, um, is planning better right? One of the things you could do for someone who over commits is learn to say no. Now that you know that that's an it, right? You've got to learn to say no. I have to get back to time blocking and, and scheduling my days, my weeks, my time with the big picture and then whittling things down. And so there are ways to do that, but you have to understand why you are doing what you're doing, how it is showing up in your life and making some decisions about whether or not that's what you want. And I think very few of us want to be constantly under stress and under pressure. Even if we think we work well under pressure, which is one of the things that people will say, right? It's okay that I'm procrastinating because I work really well under, I do my best work under pressure is something that you frequently hear. I do my best work under pressure. And first of all, how do you know? If you are constantly you always are under pressure. Right. How would you know? Maybe you would do better work, right? In Greer's example about school, you got, you know, whatever grade you got procrastinating, what if you would actually planned out and you can create many deadlines, many, M-I-N-I, -I, and many, M-A-N-Y, right? Many, many deadlines that get you to the point where your paper is done on time without you feeling like you are um, under the gun right? Research by a certain date, an outline by a certain date, right? It, so you can break your task up into many goals and then put a deadline for each of those. So if you need to feel like you do your best work under pressure, then have lots of goals along the way so that in lots of deadlines along the way so that you are, are sort of constantly in that place but without. you're also reinforcing the, your positive you know if part of why we do it is that we need to feel like we if we need to reinforce that we are good we're smart we are capable we're the best at whatever then you know using what the example you just gave and having many many deadlines 
then you would constantly be reinforcing. Yeah, right. I'm great. I'm on With, top. And, and wins the other, that you can have along and, the and way. And then you celebrate. Right? And then and, you're celebrating your wins. And then you win. celebrate your wins. But I, I would also, you know, throw this in the mix is that the, the, the self-sabotage of procrastination, right? The, or the, the, the pressure that we put ourselves under when we procrastinate and then we finally pull it out and do well, what that does, um, you know, it's just like telling yourself, I'm a procrastinator. It's telling yourself, I do great under pressure. Right. Because you have done, you know, because under pressure, you have performed well in the past, then that becomes the the tape that's playing in your head, right? Right. right. I do really well under pressure, almost to the extent that you then intentionally put yourself under you pressure. To create that situation. To create yes. that. And yes. it's probably also a, a bit of a high that you get that you are able to pull something out in the 11th hour and all that. But, you know, and it's like, look at how great I am. It makes, it associates your greatness with your um, uh, ability to do something under the most adverse conditions. And that's fine until it isn't, right? So it's, it's okay sometime to do it, but that is not, to your point, that's not an ideal and so I'm saying environment that's fine to do the work. until yeah. it isn't when your computer doesn't work, when the internet isn't working. You know, you've you've delayed, delayed, delayed. Now you're like, okay, I'm I'm cooking. And you're with running gas. on adrenaline. You, I'm, right. I'm cooking with gas, and maybe you're working fine, but the environment or yeah, and you Google have no thing. room for error at it, that point. Exactly. So you get a phone call that, you know, somebody close to you is in the hospital or you, your car breaks or your internet. Or is your down, boss or, calls or, or your dog another, needs your paper. I, your boss calls and said, I got another um, project for you and I need it right now. Yeah. And then you don't have, you know, the, the, the bandwidth. The, the yeah. bandwidth or you the haven't time, allowed yeah, or yourself the, time, the space. Yeah. Or the time, right, that you were spending for the next two hours to get this thing done because your boss doesn't know that you haven't gotten it done yet. And now there's something else. So you have no control over the things outside of you. And so the only thing you do have control over is yourself and your decisions. So you have to find a way to not let it be a vicious cycle, um, particularly fueled by adrenaline and the rush of, I can do anything <laughs> and I, work, I do my best under pressure at the yeah. last minute because you don't know what's going to come at you in the yeah. last minute. So if you have flexibility somewhere else along the way and if you do a great job of time management, boundary management, in order to have things planned out so that you can meet milestones and deadlines along the way, it works much better for you if something comes at you unexpected. And I yeah, think- Yeah, like your axle cracks. It like your- <laughs> Right. You, know, you, been, you never uh, know when your axle you know is going to crack. And what's really interesting about that, even though something else led to it, was that you had somewhere else to go and to be that day. 
if you'll remember, right? And we sort of, um, you sort of procrastinated that day about going to the store to getting some of the things that Donovan needed. We ended up, you were here later than you'd planned. Yeah. Right. Then when you leave, you're like, well, we can go, we can still see, you know, the fireworks. Um, but now you're driving at half the speed you would have driven ordinarily. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And while this wasn't about an adrenaline rush or anything, it's the, the point of planning, procrastinating and the impact that that has. So making progress. It, it, or it lack thereof. It, it so let me been all bad. So, so let me ask you. So, well. so you were giving us some uh, techniques or some some tips, tools, tips, and techniques to use. Did you did you go through your entire list, or can you reiterate will, your list? I will really reiterate. Okay. Yeah, I will reiterate. Um, start with understanding why you do it right? And how it manifests. I think if you can get a real clear handle on that, it will go a long way towards helping you to do your planning um, in such a way that you can break your projects up, your goals up in a way that you can create sort of this same effect that you need as you move towards your goal. So understand who you are, how you do what you do, and how this particular issue manifests in your life. Be really clear about what your why is. Understand why you are doing what you're doing. Why is this goal on your list? Why are you doing this? Whether it's related to your personal life, relationships, work, whatever. Why is this important? Why are you doing it? Don't overcommit. Overcommitting creates um, ultimately um, uh, paralysis because it creates overwhelm in your life. And be careful of the, this um, thing that we have about being overly optimistic about how much time things take. I think we do a sort of a, a bad job of estimating how much time, energy things take. And then we make some decisions based on that, right? So if you're under the impression that taking, you know, going back to the school example, writing a paper will take me two hours to get the paper written and you go to sit down and, and write the paper. And in reality, it took four hours right? Or something popped up in the middle of it and created a problem for you, you will find that um, it, it, the stress created out of that will be worse than the, the, the stress of failing of this thing in the first place. So, you know, be willing to look at the big picture and then funnel down to the small things. Any suggestions you have that have worked for you? Um, no, I'm, I'm really new in this not procrastinating journey. Um, <laughs> um, and the, the one thing that, 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 you know, and I, when I look at the things around which I procrastinate or the times, the instances when I procrastinate, they do seem to go back to miscalculating my time. 
and I saw something earlier this week, I'm going to have to go back because I don't remember what it was, but I saw something earlier this week that talked about, and maybe we should do a, a lemon drops on time management, but the, 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 the time that we estimate things are and why we get that so wrong so often. And it, and it has to do with our, you know, eternal optimism, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> we can that we work fast and quick and efficient and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, clearly it isn't the case. And it could be the littlest thing, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to zip over and grab a cup of coffee. And you, you know, you know, I think nothing of thinking that's going to be a 10 minute trip. And then it's 45 minutes. Right. And you know, when I get to the end, I'm like, why was that 45 minutes? What is the, what did I do? And it's like, well, it, you know, first of all, it took you, you know, 12 minutes to drive instead of three. Why did you think it would take you three minutes to drive five miles or whatever the thing is, right? You had to go down the hill and there were stop signs and stoplights and you know, right. whatever. So, you know, there, so a big part for me really is the component parts of what you talked about, right? It is yes. just sort of doing those things. Yes. But for me, personally, I think my time, my time management, um, not in the sense of, you know, I've got a project to do and here are the, you know, these are the times that it's going to take, you know, here are the steps I have to do and I'm going to do all these. I'm good with that. But the individual, the individual things and, you know, and I probably don't sufficiently take all the external factors in. It takes me three minutes to drive down the hill to the Starbucks to grab some coffee. That's how long it takes me in my car to drive a mile and a half or whatever. All the other things that I cannot control. Right. The cars in my way the lights, the, the stop right, signs, right, the, right. the person walk, pushing the baby cart across the street. You know, the uh, we have um, turkeys. Like there's like a family of turkeys that is- Yes, you, you know, cannot control the, the turkeys control and the deers. I the horn, but the yeah, turkeys yeah. and the deers and, that are just meandering across the road. And it's like, don't they know that I'm trying to get to, you know, grab my coffee? Yeah, they don't care about that. They don't, they don't know and they don't care. And the fact that I didn't allow time for them is, you know, that's on me. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, so, it, and that's what I mentioned earlier about time management, boundary management, you know, taking on more than we can chew, um, this overcommitting, leading to being overwhelmed. Um, and and there are, you know, ultimately it, it boils down to those um, few things. You can characterize them in different ways, prioritizing, breaking things down into smaller tasks. Uh, but ultimately, it's it's about time management. It's about boundary management. It's about understanding why you do what you do, uh, not overcommitting, and um, being really clear about how the one priority. And as you mentioned, the priority of succeeding over the, you know, the priority or that desire to not fail, Um, understanding that aspect will go a long way towards helping you to avoid the procrastination, minimize it, 
um, make progress on the things that you want to make progress. And I want to leave with this last word, regardless of how this works out for you, give yourself some grace, cut yourself some slack in the process and understand that it is a process, right? Changing from one behavior mindset to another takes time. Cut yourself some slack, give yourself some grace and enjoy yourself in the process. So with that, I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Life, Lemons and Lemon Drops. And until next time, take care. Thanks for joining us for Life, Lemons, and Lemon Drops. If you like our show, please share with your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever platform you listen to this podcast. Your questions, comments, and feedback are welcome. You can find out more about us at lifelemonslemondrops.com. 